Nick DiGiulio here on 720 WGN. We are um, live in the uh, Skyline studio here uh, until uh, 4 o'clock. And uh, it is a uh, Thursday morning. And uh, we got uh, some uh, other expensive mistakes we're going to be talking about. Uh, how to make money over left leftover beanie baby <laughs> beanie babies, <laughs> oh beanie babies, and some uh, stupid legal defenses coming up. And uh, the greatest sports teams that disappeared: three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Right now, I'd like to welcome to the show Jeff Wamsley, um, who is the author of Mothman: The Facts Behind the Legend and Mothman Behind the Red Eyes. And founder of the Mothman Museum. We're going to find out about, uh, we're all going to find out about the Mothman legend and, uh, and, uh, and all about the museum. The museum is in uh, West Virginia. It's nice to, it's nice to talk to you. Uh, tell me about yourself. Where are you from and all that? Well, I, you know, I'm from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, the home of the Mothman pretty much. Um, born and raised there. Uh, Pretty much, you know, spent my whole life in this area, you know, um, and you know, went to high school in Point Pleasant and and uh, local college. Uh, have a degree in uh, art, and I've you know been a musician, played guitar since I was fifteen, and and uh, you know, cut a couple albums, opened up a small chain of rap stores in the late eighties. Uh, called Criminal Records, mm-hmm. and and then Napster came along and <laughs> stomped it into the <laughs> ground. And you know, I I, I kind of went back and I thought, well, you know, I've, I've got a degree in art, you know, so I started, you know, uh, substitute teaching a little bit, and uh, and that turned into uh, a, a master's degree. Uh, I teach a uh, graphic design now. You know, when I'm not doing a museum, and yeah. uh, which is a full-time occupation, you know, in itself. So, you know, I've, I've I've been able to do some really cool things. I mean, you know, and and, and had a good time, you know, with like I said, the record stores and the museum and, and the music and and all that. So I've been pretty pretty lucky as far as being able to to do what I like to do. Yeah. You know? Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, when did your your interest in the Mothman? Well, I mean, obviously you're from West Virginia, so you've probably heard mm-hmm. about the, you probably heard about the Mothman for most of your life. When did your right. your interest in the Mothman really take off? Well, you know, when I was five years old in, in 1966 is when all this started happening. So I really don't remember a lot from from back then. But when you know, I got in junior high, and high school, and I, I somebody had a copy of. Uh, John Keel's uh, Mothman Prophecies book, and you know, I was kind of leafing through it, and I started seeing some of these names, and I thought, well, you know, that's our that was our neighbor, you know, that, that saw this thing, and and then I started kind of putting two and two together, um, you know, and then when I had the the record stores and stuff of me and my buddy, who who's also an artist and graphic designer, you know, he came up with this T-shirt, you know, and I put that T-shirt in the store. And I saw, you know, the interest in it and everything. Um, and then as a few years passed, I, I got the idea to, you know, work on a couple books that were, you know, just basically uh, 
interviews with some of those original witnesses whom I, you know, knew and still know. Yeah. Um, they were, they were our neighbors, you know, so, you know, I, I had a chance to get an inside line on, on, on their opinions as to what happened. And then of course, you know, pop culture, uh, fallout 76 game. I mean, it's, it's really just kind of uh, blossomed into this huge yeah. worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's get a primer on uh, on the on the Mothman. Give everybody like the, okay. who the Mothman is, how it happened, and the history of it, and and all that stuff. So we were, so we're all caught up, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, it started in 1966, November of '66, and you had two young couples. Uh, two of those people were our neighbors. You know, lived just right down the street from us. And uh, they were up riding around outside of the city limits in a place called the TNT area. And the TNT area was a, a an abandoned uh, uh, explosive site where they used to manufacture explosives during World War II. Mm. Um, then when the war ended, you know, the government just pulled out and left all the buildings up there. So, And even today, it's still kind of like a lover's lane type place. You know, people go up and drag race and stuff like that. And they were up there riding around about 11 o'clock at night, and uh, they came up on what they thought was just a man standing in the road. They were getting ready to come back into town, and uh, as, they, as they got closer to it, they, they stated that it, it, was, it wasn't it was a man, or it was shaped like a man, but it had wings, mm. and it had two distinct red eyes about the size of baseballs, and, you know, they they got close to it, it took off running through the field, went into one of the old power plant buildings. And uh, they were a little spooked. They weren't terrified or anything, you know. They decided to drive back into town and let somebody know about it. They really didn't want to go to the police department, sheriff's department, because they knew what would happen, you know. They figured they'd call them all crazy and stuff. Right. But as they got back out on Route 62 and started coming back into town, it came over top of their car, and that was the infamous, you know, straight stretch right down towards Point Pleasant. They were doing about 90, 95 miles an hour in an old 57 Chevy Bel Air is what they were in. And uh, they, they stated that it, it came over top of the car, wouldn't get in front of the car, and then veered off into a cornfield as they got into the city limits where the lights were and stuff. And that sparked, uh, you know, a year and a half to two years of, People seeing this this winged uh, uh, whatever. I mean, you know, there were so many different theories. A lot of people thought it was just a big, like a uh, sandhill crane, like a big bird, you know, indigenous yeah. to the area. Yeah. Um, but others thought it was something a little more than that. Um, it uh, over a hundred reported sightings to the sheriff's department. And again, even today, you talk to some of those people, and some said, you know, well, we saw it, but we never wanted to tell anybody because, you know, they would have thought we were crazy and stuff like that. So, And then, you know, the, the whole thing morphed into, you know, these men in black started showing up to these witnesses' houses and businesses and things like that and kind of, uh, you know, saying politely, let's not really talk about this anymore. Um, a lot of UFO activity at that time, too, you know especially in the tri-state area, you know, West Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky. Yeah. So it, it all, you know, pretty much culminated in 1967, December 15th, and, you know, the Silver Bridge collapsed here in Point Pleasant. Right. So worst bridge disaster in U.S. history killed six or 46 people. So people were thinking, hey, you know, and then uh, 
maybe something had had to do with the, these men in black or the Mothman sightings, Big Bird sightings. Um, of course, the Mothman Prophecies book came out, John Keel, and it really pushed that, hey, you know, this thing's here to warn people of, of doom and danger and all that. It's, it's kind of a mixed mixed uh, bag of, of opinion on that. It dep- you know, when you talk to locals and stuff, yeah, you know that the bridge fell because it was forty years old and it, it was in pretty poor shape. And uh, you know, fast forward to uh, now, and you know, it's it's pretty much in video games, it's in movies, documentaries, TV shows, comic books, you name it. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's basically, like what Batman was to me when I was five years old yeah no it's it's, it's it's a it is it is everywhere i mean everybody's heard of the mothman we actually had yeah. um a, a rash of sightings a couple of years yeah. ago here in chicago yeah uh, i remember yeah and and uh, when it shows up when the mothman shows up in different cities uh what does that say to you <laughs> Well, it says that I get a lot of emails. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get a lot of emails and phone calls. And right. Because anytime something like that happens, but, you know, I'm I'm really not a field investigator. I mean, I don't just jump in my car and take off and go look for it, you know. And uh, sometimes, you know, I, I get them from all over the world. I mean, uh, places like, uh, you know, Russia, you know, the U.K., yeah. Australia, things like that. So yeah. it's real hard to, to validate and say, yep, that's exactly what people are seeing here. Yeah. Because I can't, I, I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah. I got you. Okay, listen, uh, Jeff, hang on, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff uh, Wamsley is with us. Um, he is the author of Mothman, The Facts Behind the Legend, um, and the Mothman Museum, which we're going to tell you all about uh, as we continue the conversation here on 720 WGN. White Snake. Nick, did you, <laughs> Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we are live in the Skyline studio here until... Um, we're here until 4 o'clock. And um, we've got some uh, classic uh, Johnny Carson that we're going to play back. It's uh, the oldest active farmer in America. It's a 1987 interview. Um, I, I love that stuff. It's going to be great. Uh, so that's coming up. Uh, 312-981-7200. Is the phone number we're going to talk about expensive mistakes uh, and real animals that uh, seem make believe like really weird animals? And speaking of weird animals, Mothman is what we're talking about. The Mothman uh, is a legend, an uh, urban legend uh, that continues to fascinate people. Uh, Jeff Wamsley is a uh, is a, the author of Mothman: The Facts Behind the Legend, um, and he has the Mothman Museum in West Virginia. And uh, let's uh, say uh, hello again to uh, to Jeff. Jeff, uh, tell me about yeah. the mu- tell me all about the museum. Okay, uh, well, the museum came about around 2006. Um, what had happened was, is you know the the movie, you know the Mothman Prophecies movie with Richard Gere, right? Was was filmed near Pittsburgh in a town called Catanning. Um, I had made contact with a gentleman there who had collected a ton of the movie props, and he would come to the Mothman Festival, which I'll explain about the festival. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he, he would come every year and bring all these movie props and stuff, you know, put them on display. And he, he came for three, four years straight, 
and people loved it, you know. And then it got to the point where, you know, he was a businessman. He had, uh, you know, just couldn't make it every year. Um, and he felt bad about it because people were expecting him to come. So he, he called me one day and he said, look, I want, I'm, I want to give you all these props. <laughs> I want to donate these props. Okay. And that was that was when the light bulb went off and I thought, well, you know, I've still got a ton of fixtures from my record stores and things like that and I said, you know, it would be cool to have a museum and you know, a world's only Mothman museum. Yeah. And uh that's how that came about. And then of course I had collected tons and tons of archives, uh like handwritten police reports, um, all kinds of, you know, pop culture items, you know, posters, artwork, uh, a lot of rare stuff that people just didn't know existed. And a lot of that, that stuff came from Linda Scarberry, who was one of those original people in the car that first night. She was our neighbor. Yeah, okay. And uh, she passed away about six years ago. But she came to me one day. As a matter of fact, when I had the record store, she came in with a box and set it down in front of me. And she said, I heard you're working on a book. And, you know, it was the first book, Facts Behind the Legend. I yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She said, and she said, I want the story to be told the way it really happened, not the way the movie's going to portray it. Because people had caught word that they were going to put the movie out and all that. Yeah. And I opened the box, and it was just sort of like, you know, these beams of light was coming out of it. Because it was just full of all this stuff. You know that she had kept. She had kept everything. Yeah, and that—that's how the, the first book came about. And a lot of those uh, archives are on display in the museum. But uh, uh, worldwide, people—you know—people come from all over the world in the museum. It—it it, it draws them to uh, you know uh, Main Street. You know, um, sure. Tourism is a, is a big thing, you know, for for small towns in West Virginia and and the mountains and things like that. But uh, you know, we get people that come in and they they look at all the props and the costumes and and they'll chuckle. And then we've got people that will come in and stay for four hours and and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm 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 not in the business to convince anybody of anything. But right. Right. We pre- we present the stuff. You can come in and decide for yourself. I mean, did it was it real? What was it? Nobody knows. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. And the fact that there was so many different people seeing it, and it wasn't just four kids in a car. You know what I mean? Um, you had prominent business people, teachers, all kinds of people seeing it, but just nobody really knew what it was. Right. You know? Right. Well, what did you think of the movie? I thought the movie was pretty cool. I mean, I think a lot of the people in Point Pleasant were expecting a Jeepers Creepers type thing, you know? Yeah. They were expecting something to jump on the car and rip the hood off the car, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, you know, it was a it was a mental thriller. I mean, you know, you had to watch it for. I mean, I still watch it to catch things that I didn't even notice before. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it really opened the floodgates. I mean, you know, when I knew when that movie, I caught wind of that movie about a year before it was released, and I knew that you know what was going to happen. Um, you know, you you can't pay for that kind of advertising. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when Richard Gere says. You know, the guy says, where did they see it? And he says, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. He says that, I I think I counted like 15 times. (laughs) And, you know, I thought, (laughs) you know, this, this is it. You, you know, it's interesting because in the, the, you t- you talk about that it all goes back to um, 
the November of 1966 with the Silver Bridge disaster, and then the but uh-huh. the, and the movie ends with a bridge disaster at the uh, at, at the end. Was that was that sort of like a a take on the silver on the Silver Bridge disaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, the the, the Mothman sighting started in November of 66, and the bridge fell in December of 67. Oh, okay. Oh, 67. So you, you, had, okay. you had almost uh, you know a year of, of all this going on. Uh, you know, the movie took a few liberties. I mean, you know, they, in the movie, there was only 39 people that died when in reality it's 46. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard Gere jumps into the crystal clear blue waters of the Ohio River to try to rescue people. That wasn't the case at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, and, and you know, people knew that, you know, Hollywood's going to grab it. And, sure, of course. And change things around. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, tons of documentaries, TV shows, and, you know, we've done so many of them. I've actually lost track and count of how many shows we've done. And I'll see a show come on TV, and I'll be on it. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll look at my wife and say, I don't even remember doing that show. Because <laughs> there's so, so many of it. It's, 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 it's kind of fun, though, that people are are, are, are fascinated by this, right? It I mean, is. it's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of interesting people. Um, you know, people come in and... and you know, know me from being on the shows and things like that, which it's kind of hard to get used to that once in a while. But, um, you know, they they come from all over the world. I mean, Australia, you know, Japan, places like that. And, and you know, I, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was, I played music. I still play music and stuff, but, you know, I thought I would be touring the world, you know, and you know, I was a KISS fanatic. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Right. And in a way, you know, it's it's turned into this because it's, uh, I guess, you know, it, it, you get to meet a lot of interesting people and stuff, right. but you don't have to be on the road all the time. Exactly. You know? Now, what, what is it yeah. that, why do you think that so many people in Point Pleasant have embraced the Mothman? What is it about? What do you think? That while they have embraced have, it, yeah, yeah, um, you know they. Even though some of those people, you know, they don't believe it, they just think it was just a bird, you know, or whatever, or just some kids goofing off or whatever. But I think they they realize the potential and and they see that it. it there's a lot of people that come to town, especially during that festival. Yeah, and you know it benefits them. I mean, Point Pleasant has more history than just the Mothman, you know, it was the site of the first Battle of the Revolutionary War, you know, right here in Point, that's how it got its name, Point Pleasant from George Washington. Right, right. You know, and, you know, so it's a calling card. You know, people, the kids want to see the Mothman statue, they want to go to the museum, but the parents want to go to Twindley Park, they want to go see where the Silver Bridge was, you know, it's, it's, you know what I mean, it's a nice little uh, way to, and I'm not saying it's a tourist trap, but, you know, um, it gets people to town because, uh, and then, you know, it, it, it benefits a lot of you know, the people on Main Street, the different businesses, and yeah. campgrounds and all that. So it's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, you, every now and then you'll get somebody that'll, that'll be like, you know, I can't believe, you know, and, you know, yeah. whatever. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Jeff, hang on, know. okay? Okay. Uh, Jeff Wamsley is with us, uh, uh, author of Mothman, The Facts Behind the Legend, um, and he has the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And we'll talk a little bit more with, uh, with Jeff uh, right here on 720 WGN.
All right. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio here on uh, WGN on a Thursday morning. Jeff Wamsley is my guest. He is the author of Mothman, the facts behind the legend, and Mothman behind the red eyes. And he's the founder of the Mothman Museum. You can check out mothmanmuseum.com. It's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, and Jeff, uh, yeah. let's talk about the festival. Tell me tell me all about the festival. How long has it been going on and what happens there and, and all of that for the okay. Moth- Mothman Festival? Well, the, the festival uh, started in 2003. Um, myself and a couple of the other, uh, Carolyn Harris, who, who, uh, owned a little diner down the street. Uh, you know, we thought it'd be cool to have, you know, some kind of a little get together every year, uh, in September. Uh, the first one we actually did was in November to coincide with the sightings, you know, but then it was, it was too cold. But, uh, so it, it just grew and grew and grew. Um, it's turned into one of the biggest festivals in the state. Sadly, we we can't have it this year. It's yeah. the first year we've ever had to cancel. But yeah. this would have been our nineteenth year, so next year will be our twentieth. Um, you know, it's it's turned into a like a gigantic family reunion for a lot of people. Uh, there's people that's been here every year. We have uh, merchandise vendors, food vendors, food vendors, um, live music. We have guest speakers and authors and sometimes celebrities, you know, show up. Um, we do guided tours through the TNT area. We do a, a rent a F-55 passenger bus, you know, then people, you know, we take them up through the TNT area and, and things like that yeah. and show them, you know, where everything happened. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a Friday evening and a Saturday and a Sunday. And, uh, you know, it, it draws anywhere from twelve to 15,000 people. Wow. Um, you know, right there on Main Street, which is only about a four-block area. So you can understand why we couldn't have it this year because of the oh, sure. social distancing yeah, exactly. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we we were kind of disappointed with that, but, you know, it's it's a massive undertaking. Um, parking is a real issue. I bet it is, yeah. Because you've got that many people. There's one way in town and one way out. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, so, but it's, like I said, it's it's turned into a really cool event, and, and people come every year, and... Uh, you know, you can go on YouTube and type in Mothman Festival. There's all kinds of videos, kind of get an idea of, you know, um, right. And we never have we never have any problems or anything. That's you know, great. Many people. That's great. Uh, what What are some of the props that you have from uh, the movie The Mothman Prophecies? Well, we have a lot of the uh, police uniforms that were worn by. Uh, oh, well, Richard Gere, you know, um, his partner Deborah Messing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, her, and then um, Will Patton, right? Well, no, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. It was the other one, the blonde-headed lady. I, I can't remember her name. Yeah, but we have stuff like that. We have uh, a lot of um, uh, things like um, um, parts of the bridge, like the big chunks of the styrofoam bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some of the original or the uh, the papers, you know, that they look for their lines and all that kind of stuff. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, like, a test glass that they use for the part in the movie where her head hits the windshield and it, it smashes the windshield in the car wreck scene. Right. Um, just, you know, all kinds yeah. of things like that. That's great. 
That's um, really great. And it's yeah. uh, mothmanmuseum.com is the website. Uh, right. Can people like like see some of the stuff that you have on the website? Yeah, yeah, they can see some pictures and things like that. Also, too, uh, you know, right outside of the the museum is the Mothman statue, which is was uh, put up in two thousand three. Now we have a live camera. 24/7 on the side of the museum and it's called Moth Cam and you can you can look at the statue and see all the people that are I mean, you know, you're up until 4 in the morning. You can get on there at 4 in the morning. There'll be people out there by that statue. Isn't and that, is that right? So people just at, at, at 24 hours a day people are going up and checking out the Mothman yeah. statue. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And they do strange things. You know? <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah. <laughs> moth get moth cam. You go to the Mothman Museum and and uh, there's a link on there to go to the camera. Oh, if I'm going to have to check it out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely have to check that out. Mothmanmuseum.com. Check out the moth cam. That's that's yeah. that's great. And is the uh, Mothman Museum open? It's it's open year round. Yeah, yeah, we're open year round. We. Um, uh, you know, we're open every day of the week. I mean, the hours and stuff are posted on there and everything. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's uh, it turned into a uh, full-time occupation. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's cool. I mean, I like, I like it. I mean, it yeah. gives you a chance to, you know, be creative, you know, sure. and, and I, I do a lot of the t-shirt designs and screen prints and stuff and things like that. So that's um, cool. Are there are there yeah. any other are there any other West Virginia Virginia legends that we can uh, that we should know about? Yeah, well, there's the Flatwoods monster. The flat, Flatwoods, the Flatwoods monster. monster. Yeah, that happened in Braxton County, West Virginia, in 1952. Um, they actually have a little museum there too, um, and that that's about two hours away from Point Pleasant, but. That all happened. A big fireball came out of the sky and hit the hillside, and these little kids ran up and seen it, and it was like this metallic monster type thing. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and, and that's that's the the two, the two big ones are in the Mothman and, and the Flatwoods monster. Um, there's a couple other ones, you know, that that I'm not real familiar with, but I know the guy that's got the, the uh, Flatwoods Museum and stuff. He actually comes to the festival. He was one of the guest speakers there uh, a year or two back. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, you know they they're they're pretty cool about you know what, what what they're doing and stuff too. Yeah. Now, what do you think it is? Is there something specific about West Virginia that attracts these kind of legends? Well, I don't know if it's the terrain or or whatever. You know, of course, you know we're right on the Ohio River and Point Pleasant and everything. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean. Uh, you know, there's there's so many different factors and and all that. You know, the the whole deal with the Mothman sightings and the TNT area. You know, it was a it's a perfect scenario for any type of a mystery. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the TNT area is a lot like Roswell. You know, during World War II, you couldn't just drive up there and look around. It was it was quarantined off to the public. That was a top secret uh, operation. So that brings the the military conspiracies in, you know, people thought, well, maybe they were up there experimenting around with something and something went wrong and it got loose, you know. Right. Um, I've heard about every theory that you can think of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
Uh-huh. They were actually Green Berets up there flying around with those jet packs <laughs> on their back, you know. Uh, I heard it was actually a local homeless guy with a trench coat that would flop the trench coat open and jump on the car, you know. Yeah. So, wow. All right. So uh, what, what do you think in the future? We're going to see more Mothman sightings, you think? Do they continue? I think so. I mean, you know, like I said, I get emails pretty much almost daily. I get people that come in the museum and, and tell me stuff, you know. Um, so I, I think, you know, as long as it's in the public eye, which it, it's not going to go away. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with all of the, like I said, the pop culture, the, the video games, you know, the, the Fallout 76 game is based on the state of West Virginia. The museum's actually in it. You can actually oh, is that right? The is the, that right? The in, the, in, the, yeah. in the video game, that's that's great. Yeah. yeah, you can walk into the museum and look around. <laughs> you know, and they they pretty much prototype the museum. Wow! You know, it's it's got the awning out front and all this and that, and you know, and of course, I you know, I I don't play video games. And one of my students came to me one day and said, "Hey." You know, I seen your old logo on that new Fallout seventy six game. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, you better sit down because you know. And I said, is this a good thing? And he said, yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, wow. You know, all it's right. nice to have students that know what you know all that pop culture stuff. You exactly. Know? So are you, the the two books that you wrote? They're are, they're still available, right? People can get them. Yeah, yeah. You can get them from the Mothman Museum. And you know, there's a a gift shop on there, you know, you can directly order them and stuff. And, um, I, you know, there's bookstores all over the country that have it. Okay. Have them. All right, cool. Moth, so. Mothmanmuseum, uh, dot com. And, uh, right. yeah. And I, I just think it's so, I just th- think it's so cool. By the way, my, my ex-wife, um, the Mothman prophecies, she was terrified by that movie. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, I hear that from a lot of people. Oh my God. It scared her. So she thinks it's the scariest movie ever made. Really, I hear that from people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a mental deal. You have to, like I said, it messes with your head, and and um, you know, you watch some of it, and and uh, it, it, it's yeah. I mean, that movie's almost eighteen years old. Isn't that amazing? God, that was a long. Yeah, I know. It's it's incredible. Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, John, uh, Jeff, uh, thank you so much. Uh, okay. And the books are available, Mothman, The Facts Behind the Legend, and Mothman Behind the Red Eyes. Books are available. Right. You can check out mothmanmuseum.com and check out the Moth Cam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check out the Moth Cam. I love the whole, yeah. I love the whole Mothman uh, legend. I think it's just great. Thanks so much for joining us, Jeff. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a good evening. Okay. Thanks. You too. Jeff Wamsley, uh, you got to love the Mothman. You gotta love him. He's the Mothman. <laughs> it's a really creepy movie too. It is just a really creepy film. So I thought they did a great job with it. Um, it's out there. You, you can see it. It's in the ether. All right. Uh, it's Nick DeGilio here on seven twenty WGN. We'll be back.